Hello, I'm Daniel. I am going to read to you a couple lines from this text, Trust in Mind, and then I'm going to comment on it. And following that, I'm going to lead a meditation for you. This is a text, Trust in Mind is a text I really like a lot, and I highly recommend it. And I've been doing this for a little while. So, here we go. If there is even a trace of this and that, of right and wrong, the mind essence will be lost in confusion. Although all dualities come from the one, do not be attached even to this one. I think I'm going to read that again. It seems pretty heavy. If there is even a trace of this and that, of right and wrong, the mind essence will be lost in confusion. Although all dualities come from the one, do not be attached even to this one. So, this and that, right and wrong. I'll address that first. So, is there right and wrong? Well, of course there's right and wrong, right? But, what is the text speaking to here? It's speaking to our obsession with being right all the time, and our obsession with judging everything all the time. And that said, sometimes we judge things, and our judgment is really helpful, like, you know, I shouldn't step in front of a car. But other times, we just pass judgment on things that do not matter. We pass judgment on people and situations and things all the time. I like to think about just my kids' eating habits. That is, they see a thing that looks like looks like something they don't want to eat, and they pass a judgment and they don't want to eat it. They convince themselves it tastes bad, so maybe they don't even like it if they try it, right? So that is what we're talking about here. Don't get hung up on that right and wrong. Um, ethics are an important part of this path, and we are not saying that there's no morality. There is morality. We are trying to cultivate virtue as well as awareness. Let's not, let's not get confused and think we're not. But, and I'll, I'll address the second part and then I'll come back to this first part. All dualities come from the one, do not even be attached to this one. So we sometimes, when we start a path like this, Um, it can happen that we're too attached to the path and then we, for example, separate ourselves from other people. We think, well, not like them. I'm a spiritual person, right? I'm a spiritual person. Those people are not spiritual. I'm better than them. And that is what he's warning about here when he says, do not even be attached to this one. Even this path, which we know is good for us, which we know is helping us, which we know is making our world a better place, even that, we have to be careful to not be too attached to it. Because even that is not something we want to be obsessed with. Not something we want to be obsessed with. And we could. We could easily make our spiritual journey just another thing we're attaching to. Just another thing to make us unhappy. Just another thing where we think, oh, well... I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough because I swear, right? Or I'm not good enough because I drink beer. I'm not good enough because I yell at my kids. It's the wrong way to think about things because the truth is our true nature is free and good and awake. And the truth is you are good enough.
you are good enough. In a sense, we're not even trying to be better, really. We're trying to just cut through our delusion and our flaws and our struggles and to see the true self that's underneath because the true self is good, is good. This concept is the opposite of um, other belief systems that would say our, our true nature is bad. No, our true nature is good. It is good. We're trying to cut through the things that get in our way or trying to see around the things that get in our way from realizing that our true nature is good. It is. So with that being said, um, we're talking about judgment and this and that, and I'm going to tell a story briefly. Um, I tell this story a lot, and you might have heard it from me before, but it's a story that I really like, and it really helps us because I think this division between this and that, what that makes me think of is equanimity. And what is equanimity? It's a trait that is our ability to have an even mind during the storms of life. Our ability to have an even mind during the storms of life. So when awful things happen, and they do, we don't just fall apart and become a crumpling mess on the floor, but rather we figure out how to deal with the, the situation. Um, I like to say that what we're trying to do is we're trying to cultivate a mind that says, right now it's like this, what can I do? Right now it's like this, what can I do? Instead of a mind that says, oh no, why did this happen to me? Right? Right now it's like this, what can I do? Instead of, oh no, why did this happen to me? That's, that's what I want to recommend. That is what I really believe we're trying to do here. So, that being said, I'm going to tell you a story about equanimity. This is called the horse, I call it the horse story. And you may have heard it from me before. It's a story I relate to, so I like to tell it. But this is the horse story. This takes place in ancient China. There was this farmer, and he had a horse farm. He had, like, a farm, and he grew things, and he also had a, a horse, okay? And he had one adult son, and that's it. The mo mother's gone. There's no other kids. Just the farmer and his adult son, okay? And one day... The farmer's son, a horse, runs away. And the farmer sees his neighbors show up. And the neighbors are offering condolences. And they're like, I'm so sorry that your horse is gone. That's really sad. It's going to be really hard for you to run this farm without your horse. I'm really sorry this happened to you. And the farmer says, maybe. I don't know. This could be good or bad. I don't know what's going to happen. And the neighbors think, oh, that farmer's weird, right? And they leave. And the next day, the farmer's horse comes back. And the horse has with it three wild horses. So suddenly the farmer has gone from having one horse to having four horses. Just three horses. And so the neighbors, anyway, the neighbors come again. And... They're like, great, you've had really good luck. We're so happy for you that you've got these free horses. This is great. You have four horses now. You can do more work with your farm or you can sell a horse or whatever. It's going to be great. And the farmer, he just still a calm voice. He says, maybe. Could be good or bad. I don't know what's going to happen. 
and the neighbors are sort of scratching their heads and they, they leave and they think they don't understand this guy, right? And so the next day, the farmer's son, and again, his son's an adult and he helps on the farm, okay? The farmer's son gets on one of the wild horses and it throws him off and he breaks his leg. And a broken leg is still serious now, but in those days, like you could die. Like a broken leg was way more serious in those days. But now the son has a broken leg. He's not gonna be able to work on the farm. He's not gonna be able to do much of anything for a while, right? And the neighbors show up again and they say to the farmer, oh my God, I'm so sorry that your son broke his leg. This is really sad and I feel really bad for you. My condolences. And the farmer, and I like to think that his son is not present and doesn't hear this because he says, maybe it could be good or bad. I don't know what's going to happen. Nobody knows what's going to happen. And so anyway, by now the neighbors think the farmer's so strange and they leave. And I like to think the farmer's son did not hear him say, you know, maybe, maybe it's bad that you broke your leg, right? I like to think that. But we can see a clear turn of events. The farmer's horse ran, ran away, bad, bad thing. Came back with wild horses, seems like a good thing. Wild horse breaks the son's leg, very bad thing, right? Clear chain of events, bad to good to bad again. The next day, the army comes and they are recruiting, drafting every young man in the village. Every young man in the village is being forced to join the army and go fight in a war. And these are peasants. These are farm, farmer people. These are not warriors, okay? So they come to the farmer's house and they can't draft his son because he's in bed with a broken leg. He's not going to be able to fight in this war because he's not going to be healed for a long time. So, and the postscript is, it came to pass that every young man from this village that went to the war did not return. So, the truth is, the farmer's son, his life was saved because that horse broke his leg. So, what do we learn from this? It's just that we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. And sometimes not getting what we want could be a good thing. We don't know. And that's what I like to think about when we're judging our circumstances, when we're judging the things happening in our lives, is we don't, we think we know what we want and we think we know what's best for us and we don't always. And that's a bit of an extreme example, that farmer story, but sometimes stuff like that could happen. And one thing leads to another and suddenly things are better. Suddenly things are better. So, um, that was the story, and that was just about that trait. That farmer had a really good cultivation of equanimity. He was able to face this, these storms of life, these crazy things happening to him, and just to say, well, maybe, I don't know what's going to happen. And just, be, just be chill about it. And so we could all learn a little bit from that. We could all learn a little bit from that. So, all of that being said, um, let's go ahead and do a meditation. I'm going to ring the bell and then I'm going to instruct you on the healing breath and then we're just going to do open awareness practice the whole time, okay?
want you to sit up as straight as you can. Uh, find something, a position for your hands to do. Um, there's a couple different things I recommend, the bowl or the relaxation, but really any anything where you're, there's a plan for your hands so they're not a point of distraction. And same with your legs, find a position where they're not a point of distraction, where your feet aren't gonna fall asleep. And I like to practice with my eyes open, so what I'm looking at is what's behind you, which is a plain wall. And if you have a plain wall, I think that's the best thing you could do, but if you don't, I think it's okay to look downward at the floor, and if you don't have a non-distracting part of your floor, then I think closing your eyes is okay. And we are going to begin with the practice called the healing breath. And that is a very slow, controlled breathing. So we breathe in for a count of five. We hold our breath for a count of five and we breathe out for a count of five. So it looks like this, breathing in. Holding my breath. Breathing out. So we're gonna do that three times, so I'm gonna instruct you. And by the way, if you have some kind of, some, some kind of, wow, I struggled that over that, didn't I? If you have some kind of breathing problem, if you have asthma or emphysema or something, and this is a problem for you and will make you hyperventilate, then just don't do it. That is what I say. We can just not do it just fine. But if you have normal lung capacity and this is not a problem for you, then I really recommend it. So. We're gonna do three, three breaths. So it'll take us a total of 45 seconds and I'm gonna instruct you the whole way. Breathe in. Hold your breath. Breathe out. Breathe in. Hold your breath. Breathe out. Last one, breathe in. Hold your breath. Breathe out. And now what I want you to do, we're gonna Pay attention to the breath coming into and out of our bodies for just a second, a minute. And then we're going to just do an open awareness practice. So just, just bring your attention to the breath coming into and out of your body. This is happening all the time and we never really pay attention to it. Now what I want you to do is just try to be present and just pay attention to your experience. There's a lot of things happening right now and we just don't, we don't realize it. So what we want to do is just notice what's happening and name it and then let it go like clouds passing through the sky. So for example, I can hear 
a uh, my kids making one of my kids making some sounds that sound like strange sounds I don't know what's happening and I'm just labeling that I'm just noticing hearing and then I'm coming back to the present moment what I'm trying not to do is just wonder what my son is doing but rather just notice that I'm hearing come back to this moment and it's the same with anything so notice that I'm feeling uncomfortable right now just notice it and come back to this moment. Notice my cat's moving very close to my field of vision and just notice it and then come back to this moment. And just sort of notice, just bring attention to what's happening in your mind, but try not to attach to it. So when I have a thought, I wanna just notice I'm thinking and come back to the present moment rather than letting that thought carry me to another thought. And so that's what we're going to do. We're just going to pay attention to what's happening.
now I would like to encourage you to close the meditation by doing the healing breath again, this time two times. Breathe in. Hold your breath. Breathe out. Breathe in. Hold your breath. Breathe out. Thank you for taking the time to sit with me today. Have a good day.